is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Nice to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Series 8, Episode 17. It's Tuesday morning of this particular week after... A massive story dropped the night before. There are bombshells in storytelling, Craig Hutchison, and then there are bombshells. And we are talking this morning about one of the very big ones. Good morning to you. Hello, Damo, and you love to do your time reference, so we should do that we are speaking before the press conference of Damien Hardwick, about two hours before, so some of what we say will become redundant, and you can always fast-forward us through the moments if you don't like them. But, yeah, huge night in the world of AFL football last night when Tom Morris at four minutes past seven broke the bombshell story on SEN. So you're time-coding the break. 7.04 p.m. Yeah, out of the, on Sports Day, which of course is a two-hour show on our platform, that it's uh, that Damon Harbick was quitting and that caught the entire football world and the Richmond players by surprise, including Fox Footy because Nathan Broad was in the middle of an interview when it happened and on the couch at the time. So yeah, it's a, it was an amazing night and uh, lots to dissect. Yeah, there are, there is. And you yeah, caught me by surprise, Archie. I had no inkling of it. And I'm happy to put my hand up. I got a call from someone at work who said, have you heard this? And I said, no, I haven't. And then, and then he told me. And then I still had no idea about the, the, the lead up to it, which Tom clearly had. And the, look, let, let's let's bounce it around. Um, let's talk about it from a, maybe a sounding board lens first off. Uh, the person who broke it, Tom Morris, in the news 18 months ago for, for reasons that we discussed heavily at the time and, and forced him to lose a very good job that he had. He then, in May of 2023, drops what I would argue, Hachi, is one of the all-time big coaching sack stories. Now, where it ranks, I'll let others work it out. But all I know is that I've been doing this caper for a while and you have too. And there's not too many times you get access to the information that Tom got last night before the players of the club get access to it. And that was the the beauty of the storytelling in this one. First of all, acknowledge and respect Damon Harbuck's legacy at Richmond. Congratulations on an amazing journey as a senior coach and a phenomenal effort to win three premierships and uh, rap that he's made that decision for him and his family and we wish him well. On the journalistic side of it, it was huge. And I was really happy for Tom because he's been through such a journey, such a hard time, and had to wear, uh, rightfully, an enormous amount of criticism and had to try and rebound his life and career from that. I was still getting emails yesterday from people questioning why he's on our platform and all those things. So it's he's he's not the victim in any of that. We've talked about it in the past, but I'm happy for him. And he's never presented himself yeah, as the victim I'll, in any of that too. I'm happy for him Somewhat. that he is working hard professionally to reestablish himself, and this is a reestablishment moment for him. I think him. it's more than that. Of significance, there's his talent is unique. There are a lot of people that don't bother to go fishing in journalism these days because it's uncomfortable. There are many that will happily catch flathead on scale, but there aren't very many marlin fishermen. He's a big game fisherman or fisher person, whatever you're supposed to say these days. But he's a big game fisherman, and that is a massive, massive catch. And you know, probably an award-winning story. Which, if you think about where he's come from, when he hasn't mm. been able to be his craft in the last year for reasons he created of himself. I feel uh, a sense of um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for him. Yeah, so am I. I mean, I you you particularly Hutchie, when it when it comes to employing Tom as as you did uh, through choice at the start of this season, and other employers and other people in media had had I know spoken to Tom and and hadn't taken that final step to actually offer a contract. You did. And I know you, again, I'm not here to um, pump you up, but but I know you copped heat over that at the time. And, and 
to hear you even say, even yesterday, before him breaking the story, and, 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 and as we talk, he's and, in the studio right next yeah. to us, uh, speaking to other media outlets and, about his break. And since, yeah, it continues, not to the degree it did, but it continues, and that's okay. It's part of the process of the healing. And what is what I said at the time and what I say now, he's a, he's a person of undeniable talent. He's come back in on in the industry where he's been out of it and landed that one on everyone's jaw as yeah. a knockout punch. Like, that's a, that's a big story. And... So a few things last night. The other suggestion was, why did he do it before Richmond knew? There's a lot of that in my Twitter feed last night. I, I don't care for that. Do you even want to talk about that? No, but we'll just, we'll just acknowledge it. So yeah. his, his job is to tell the story. Richmond said to him... His responsibility is to get the story right and, and tell it. And that's exactly what he did. Richmond said to him something along the lines of, if you do this story, SEM will never get an interview again. I'm hearing this this morning. And, mm. and so, so... So that was a threat. Well, it was, yeah. But it's it's something people say in the heat of the moment when they search for any last bastion of reason not to do something. So no no disrespect to Richmond. Is, is it possible the person saying that didn't know him or herself, that that, that indeed was the case with Damien Hunt? Human reaction in that spot. You put yourself in the – I don't know who that person was, by the way. I haven't asked Tom and I, and, I, and I won't. But human reaction is to try and defend your club, defend your position, defend your role. I don't have no problem. You can do all that without – yeah, Getting it's, threatening, it's, can't you? Well, it's it's not a, it's, it's it's a, a threat. It's, it's a threat. threat. Yeah, but who cares? I think there were some other things said too. Uh, and it's it's his job to tell the story and be right and be first. That is as simple as it gets. And that's all he had. That's his only requirement. He did it well. He yeah. told it well. And then he worked hard through the night. Week we came back. So sports day came back on an eight o'clock. We did a fresh two hour episode. You know, Jared Waitley came in. Luke Hodge got involved. Jared Healy hung back. It was a good team effort. And I'm pleased for Tom. Yeah, so just, Cal- on, just on that, by the way, on the timings, not I got, a lot of people ask me why AFL.com didn't do the story. I think you, in the end, ran it at eight thirty-four. That's about a ninety-minute gap. Is that is the platform harder to because you are the uh, official record of AFL, I guess, or you carry the AFL.com yeah. name? Is it harder for the platform? to speculate on stories that it's not sure are true or were you just a little bit I, I'm not aware of the time frame. I know Cal Toomey well, was on it and I, don't, and I don't think it was that late. It, it was. It was. Well, you, I was may, getting, you may not have refreshed the app. Um, I don't think it was that late. But That was the app alert at 8.34. But I was getting a lot of... Oh, that's an app alert. That's well, different a lot of publishing. I'm not having a go. I'm saying, I was getting a lot of questions about it, about that particular reason. Is, is the AFL not allowed to do those things? Yeah, I think they would want such. But the one thing about the AFL is what you do see on it, and I don't know how you've managed to go down this path on this story, but what we do do is, is get it 100% right. There's no speculation about anything that's published yep. on, on, on that, apart from opinion a, pieces. a greater lens of fact than most? I would argue we do anyway, and yep. I think most journos do. Does that make yeah. things like last night tough when you've got to wait another 90 minutes to everybody else to report the story? I, I don't think it was 90 minutes, actually. It was a, it was, it was a long it was a, time. I, I don't think it was 90 minutes, and it was people people working on it. Yeah, well, just, I was just curious hmm. on the... Lens that the AFL have to apply on those things on their own platforms versus, say, the Herald Sun or the Age, who are able to quickly follow us and bag and, Tom's and, stories and on get, trust and get things wrong too. And, yeah, yeah, and go yeah. for it. So yeah. that was just my question on how that yeah. how that dynamic works. Oh, well, Do you get involved in that as the editor, or you? I was I was in conversations about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so I was don't... it your decision to wait until it was checked, or Hachi? You got to get things right. 
And and I would argue that other journos, other journos last night went on the back of what Tom went without getting information themselves. Yep. Okay. No, there's no doubt about and, that. And and I know in fact I know that happened. There's no doubt about that. So so when you see it on the AFL, you, you know that it is right. Yep. Now that, that that may mean that it was twenty minutes later than maybe the Herald Sun and the Age, yep. but on a story that's already been broken by someone else anyway. And a point was made well to me last night too. When you second on these stories, you're last. As you know, everyone was scrambling last night. You would have been scrambling without knowing Tom in the build-up to it. Like, you you're on Footy Classified last night. Without your knowledge and employment of Tom, you would have been scrambling in a different world, wouldn't you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And every every journo was. And, and Tom uh, blew us away. He no blew doubt. the industry away. By uh, a wink's margin in the in the second of her cox plates, and and in those moments, and so you explain the AFL.com and how it's different, which is good context for everybody. That answers a lot of the queries I got last night. With newsrooms last night around town, Damo at twenty past or quarter past seven, are they left with no choice but to make a professional decision on whether they trust Tom's story? Yeah, they are. And and Hutchie, I've got no doubt. I've got no doubt. I don't want. I'm not going to name names, but people just went with it, and people take. And we've discussed this um, before. People. You make that decision. You just you have a faith in the person who breaks the story. Now, I've always had faith in Tom's news-breaking ability. I've no reason not to. Other journos, there's no way I would naturally think that story's right, and that's just a, a mechanism. And, and you're the same. So but, but, but everyone was screaming last night, and and I I would argue actually a lot of other media went with it, not not having sourced it themselves. And then then when you do that, you have to have to acknowledge in your story that it's not yours. You have to say, it's been reported. Well, or, you do that because in case it's wrong, yeah, you've, you've then got, got the out. Yeah, and how many reports were like that in the first five minutes? Yep. And, and then 20 minutes. Until they and got then someone from Richmond say, yeah it's, yeah, it's spot on. We'll yeah. say more tomorrow. And then, and then you and see... And then you rebadge as your own. And then you see Caro, I think, you know, say, say something or, or do something. So then other journos go, oh, Caro's got it too. You know, so... Again, for the sake of five to ten minutes to, to get it yourself in that moment when you're playing last anyway, you, you haven't broken it and you, everyone's equal second at that stage, there's no gain unless you get it yourself. And, and again, I know there's newsrooms that say, what do you got, what do you got, what do you got, and other people are on live on air at the same time, but you've still got to get it yourself. Yep. You still have to get it yourself because imagine the mopping up that would be, be done this morning if, if everyone just followed it off and, and there was a variation on how it was reported. And then the I, you know, I love the cut and thrust of the newsrooms, Damo, because I was part of that for a long time. Yep. Like you walk in this morning, you know, you're Tom Brown or you're, you're Mitch Cleary or you're, you know, some of the elite journalists. Like, it's it's a it's a tough week to catch up, Damo, because there is no ability to catch you can't, that story. You can't get ahead of this one right now, no, can you? you just no. got to wear it. Yeah. Got to walk around and wear it all day. Which and is we've the, all been there. And I was there last <laughs> night. Other uh, Every other media outlet last <laughs> night was there. And and you, you you are coming last at that moment, aren't you? Yep. Yep. There's no greater deflating... Moment. A lot of people would be asking out there, how does he get a story of that magnitude? Oh, it's, it's relationships, obviously, but given the, the circle of, of um, telling the way I've had What's it. What's your best guess? Probably from outside the club. Probably someone relaying what they'd heard to a nearest and dearest. That, that's a, I've got no line of sight on that. Yep. What's your best guess? I don't know. I have no idea. I would never ask anyway, and he would never never tell me. But yep. it, in my hist- in history of these things, it, it very rarely comes from the club. The very first person to tell you is very rarely in the middle of that inner circle, right? Very rarely. They might be the third or fourth person that begrudgingly knows what you know, but they're very you very rarely get it from inside the absolute mm. circle. And it would sound as though it was a tip off as opposed to a call being when, made. When you beat the – well, I think he was on record saying he'd been working on it for a couple of weeks, so that's probably gave him a, yep. a head start on it. But when you beat the players to an outcome like that, it's pretty rare. I think, and most of the club didn't know. Well, just 
before we move off this, the story moves quick, Damo. It, it, 18 jobs and one domino falls down. In our industry, AFL, it creates a ripple effect quick. This puts pressure on Port and Hinkley. Yeah, it does. Hinkley gets anxious about not missing out on another role if he can't coach Port. Port get... Uh, Port don't want to be told to fast-track the process, but I think the pressure's just going to be... I think the pressure going to be so great on them to do so that they may have no choice. Stuart Jew will be, will be sitting nervously now in yep. the Gold Coast. Yep. He, there's no one more nervous probably than him because Hinkley is a natural fit for yeah. that club. But but it's it's awkward. And Harbick is a natural fit for Port if he wants to do it. I know the story moves on, and, and I've already discussed this aspect this morning, Hutchie, on AFL Daily, but it, it is awkward. I'm, I'm putting my hand up. It's awkward talking about this aspect of it now, given there's a, a burnout slash mental health component to Alistair Clarkson standing down last week and to Damien Hardwick arriving at his decision today. And just to repeat, we're talking before he speaks. He'll give that a context we don't yet have, but there is an element we believe of that attached so to it. You, so, so now we're now we're putting the focus on other people who've who've got jobs in the system. Stuart Hughes, the big example. So, do you here. think you need to wait for that? Do you no, think- no, I, I don't. But it's awkward talking about it. It's it's natural that it goes there, and and it's natural the club that employs Stuart Hughes goes there. It's yep. natural that people at the AFL who still own that club are wondering. Hmm, there's a fourth, a three-time premiership coach this- now, five-time premiership player slash coach uh, in the system available. I was thinking about this on Friday morning, actually. Kane Corns has called them in the age on North Melbourne players and the temptation to get out of there because of the Clarkson situation. Got a lot of heat. I was listening to it on our airwaves and watching it on social in a short period of time because the inference from mainly North Melbourne fans, to be fair, was that it wasn't respectful to be speculating about players that soon after the Alistair incident happened. Hachi, see, you, you've now, for the second time in our 15 minutes today, now, now raised two or three things that you're laying from the eyes of the public. I, I don't care for what the public says about Kane Corns' article. And no, no, no one in That's football... Okay. I'm no, just no, asking you a, a question. Like, but, do you think... No, it's not unfair. If Kane wants to write that article, it's under his name. If people want to have a reaction to it, the, reaction, the, the biggest reaction you can have to that article is to not read it, isn't it? That, that's the one that hurts him most. Criticising him for the timing of it, I'm sorry that that's that's not your job. That that's Kane's job and the paper's job. The Age and Chloe Soltel, the Age, to, to publish that if they want to. Yep. I, I think it's fair game. So you had no problem with the timing. No problem with the timing. Uh, would I would I have done it? Would I have done it in that time frame? Probably not. Why? Maybe for that reason. But but I'm different, and and I'm not. That's not a criticism of Kane. That's just how I am, and and you know my views, Hutchie. You I mean you've worked closely with me now for what is it, fifteen years? Yep. Even in that time frame, my views have changed on on how I would approach certain things, and and we're all different. I, but but I don't have an issue with Kane choosing to choosing that day to write that piece. If he was to wait wait till next Friday, and had they lost, or they did lose on the weekend, but had they lost badly again, he might have missed the boat on that angle, might not yep. he? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's like it's this um, this mental toll, I guess, of the game that's become part of the narrative on senior coaches in particular. And then and players, and yep. then how the media needs to tread the line of being respectful while covering those things is a yep. really interesting. Yeah, we're in a really interesting phase of that as an industry, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, and we've discussed this many times. If 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 I mean, how would it have played out if if again? I don't want to even talk about the Damien Hardwick matter actually, but when when you're told of a mental health component to it as being a reason and we need to do it in a certain order that that changes the dynamic too and and again then you work backwards how big is the story what do you need to do yeah I but think- i've regularly said hachi i've held stories back 
when that's involved and and have before mental health became a became a, a, a real genuine topic that, that's discussed widely in the game. So I my view on the so let, my view on Kane's column was it was absolutely fair and reasonable. It was an uncomfortable read on that day, but it was reality. Hmm. And he did start the story by doing what he should have done, which was acknowledge Alice's role, his circumstances, and pay uh, and wish him well, and then talk about the practicalities of what it meant. Yeah. Which I've got no problem with that. And they, can, are, they are real. Yep. I mean, Ben Mackay's played uh, 60 or so matches and has won seven matches yep. within that within that career. So th- there's two sort of parts to this. One is the, the toll on coaching is real, the particularly on assistant coaches, I think, in the way that they're paid. The industry is underfunded at the moment yep. and it needs to be better funded and that is an area that they got cleaned up in in COVID and the game hasn't sought to redress it and it needs to. So let me be clear on that. Yep, I agree with that. It takes an enormous toll on them as coaches and it's understandable that it has some attrition as a result and huge empathy on that. On the flip side of that, pressure is working in a $45,000 job on a worksite demo with yeah. three or four kids and I better pay your wages and 5% inflation. I agree. So, and I've said that myself even this morning, actually on another platform, AFL Daily. Yep. And so when you sign up to our industry footy and the pressures that come with it, you are paid well, but you have that's uh, the tax on this is the pressure that comes with it. And you just, I think, yeah. you just have to, that's it. It's your lot in life and you got to deal with it. Has anyone not got pressure in their lives yeah. at the moment? I, I, I don't know of too many people who don't. I, I, maybe we always have. It's just that we're now more aware of it as we get older ourselves and as we maybe more open with our conversations. But even the people I've known longest, I don't think, Anyone I know hasn't got some form of pressure. I agree. With be, that. be it a work pressure, be it a life pressure, be it a family pressure. Uh, there's stress everywhere. The world got tough quick, didn't it? Yeah. Whether it is COVID related, I don't know. I mean, and co- this may COVID. I mean, I, I saw Damien Hardwick in Richmond firsthand in the 2020 season, as I did other clubs when I was up there in the Gold Coast, and people were seriously and, and genuinely doing it tough. Yeah, I agree with that. So, but j- just to sign off though on what you said before about timing and, and, and public. And I'm, again, I, I don't care for it because if you're not in the game, you're not in the game. And I, I don't mean that to be elitist. It's just that you don't understand what journos do. So for there to be complaints about Tom Morris choosing to release the story or break the story at 7.04 last night, I don't care for that angle one bit, Archie. He did his job at the, at the time that he should have. Was the story right? Yes. It was. Did he make the club aware? Look, he could even argue he didn't even have to make the club aware if he wanted to go down a certain path. All he, he wanted to do was break the story. He did all the right things. He yeah. he's put himself in a position where he wants to to follow a checklist that he's developed for himself. He's worked on what his craft will be going forward, yeah. and part of that was to let everybody know, and but not to necessarily and, listen to what they had to say. And just one more thing on all of this. As we both know, and, and we knew before it became whatever it is in 2023, the moment you tell a club you've got something anyway, you've actually, you're basically telling your opposition anyway. You're competing, yeah. yeah. So the moment he made that call to the club, he's leaving himself exposed. Which makes it very tricky, doesn't it? It does. It does. Where now are we going let's, next let's, uh, Well, let's, let's go to the, the selling of um, cricket matches, Hutchie. The Boxing Day test. Now, as we saw, the release of the Australian cricket schedule last week publicly for the upcoming summer with no guarantees beyond effectively this coming summer. Now, without worrying about who it is, there's, there's Pakistan and, and, and West Indies. Um, but traditionally, Boxing Day has been the, the domain of the MCG yep. and the New Year has been the domain of the Sydney um, SCG. You've got the Adelaide test being moved back into January this year. You, you are big on the selling of such events. Now, 
cricket had been immune to, to the selling of events. We've seen other codes sell events, particularly their, their high-end stakes. And it goes back even into the into the 90s when the NRL was selling State of Origin games to the MCG. So that, that's how long this has been going on. But we're now in a zone where cricket, the, the, the one staple of our summers for all of our lives, is at least potentially about to enter this path too. And if you go back, Damo, in the series of the sounding board archives, you'll find this observation from both of us. Which is, what, which is why I raised it. It was, it was you. No, you, you flagged it. Um, at the not very, me. It was you. So what, 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 for those that didn't hear it at the time, what happened through COVID is in order to help sports, government started to fund them a bit more casually, right? Handing out money for events and things like that. Post-COVID, the tipping point of this whole industry movement of attracting content is the New South Wales government's decision to fund the A-League Grand Final, which is next Saturday night in Sydney between the Central Coast Mariners, Usain Bolt got us onto the journey, <laughs> and Melbourne City. Well done, Usain, for starting the uh, five-year quest. <laughs> Them funding this through the economics of the big sports out the window, Damo, because yep. if you are Peter Volandis, Gil McLaughlin, or Nick Hockley, you are entitled to say, hey, Sydney, if you think the A-League Grand Final is worth millions of dollars to attract it, well, what about we give you one with a real crowd and a bigger audience like the NRL? And why aren't we getting paid for the SCG test? And what do you? And then Visit Victoria, their decision to follow suit, was, which was a political stunt but admirable with Netball Australia and the Diamonds playing games in Victoria and playing having a connection with Visit Victoria and Regional Victoria. The sports who rank above them in appeal, audience and attendance. And clout are all saying, well, that's the new bar. If your grand final is worth $5 million a year to whatever the number was for the A-League by, by three years, and why are, we, why are we being taken for granted so you can fund those sports? If Peter Lands would be saying to the New South Wales government, I want to get stadiums built and you're spending money that I help generate for you on other sports. So it, it's thrown, it's put a commercial worth demo on bigger events. Yep. It's crowded an economy, I think. And... That's the interesting thing. There's, does it hit cricket though? Does, does it? Of course, because if you're sitting there, you go, "Hey, in in that strategy meeting at cricket, you say we've got five tests." Did anyone here realise that governments were so invested in spending money to attract content? You look at West Australia. West Australia just funded Coldplay as an exclusive. They and it was smart. Um, for, uh, they said we will fund Coldplay on the condition Coldplay comes to play in Perth only, and we can draw people in. Now, I know our phone lines in Perth melted for three weeks with our access to tickets. I, I, know, I heard Nova say they had 700,000 calls or something. There were 300,000 people on the on the uh, dot-com trying to get tickets. And it and people are going in from everywhere for that weekend in Perth. It, it's crowded an economy, attracting big event to attract tourism. And people are pinching audience off each other. Sport, if you are, in, if you are Cricket Australia, you are saying we have to put – a commercial worth on these five events. Okay, so you do that. And what if you then get rejected? Where's your leverage then? Because the the Boxing Day test is going to be attended by Melbournians, regardless of opponents. Now, there's a a context to that, but it is still going to be the best attended test, no matter which team it is. It is. And it is what I would call to be assumed content. Mm. So, you know... um, the Victorian, it's gov- a given. It's Victorian a given. government will say, well, we don't need to fund cricket Boxing Day because, they, A, they don't need it. B, they're going to get their own people and see where else they're going to go. But then these other sports, well, maybe we might help 
support them or help attract it or there might be political reasons. But it's, it gets really interesting because it, a false economy gets made. Those sports are going to go, well, what do we move the MCG test? You're going to see all these leaking of stories. So what if you move the MCG test to what? The Gabba, which is about to be pulled down, or the SCG. And I yeah. can't imagine Sydney siders wanting to attend I mean, on Boxing Day. Now, they, they clearly want to attend on that New Year's period, just after New Year's, but Boxing Day is a different story. So it's going to be a Hooblings first situation on some of these things because the um, – and then the unusual thing with cricket is their contracts are up. So in the AFL, they're all out 30, 40, 50 years, the MCG, whereas in cricket, they're shorter term than that, which is unusual. Cricket Australia will never, in my opinion, move that test, but they're clearly going to try and sit back and see what they can attract. Or they'll threaten to. Yeah, and they'll they'll there'll be stories. You watch these stories. Hmm. You know, I guarantee in the next month you'll see. Right, insert government has made an audacious yeah. bid for X event. Yeah, that all that sort of strategic leaking is going to happen, and ultimately they're just trying to flush out whether there's any leverage. But they did like the New South Wales government A League is the absolute tipping point. Yep. Of this. Yep. Hachi, we've uh, been fascinated by the evolution of Staff Rider. It was initially Staff Rider. It then became Running Staff Rider. Running second Riders. to Tom Brown in the AFMA Awards at the moment, Staff Rider. <laughs> and, and I have seen the best use of Staff Riders <laughs> of all time. This is the best utilisation of the ubiquitous Staff Reporter, Staff Rider. I was going through the Herald Sun yep. yesterday in the, in the yep. hard copy form. You still um, joke about the fact that I do get it delivered. I do get it delivered as part of my uh, online I love, subscription. I love this, and I reckon I, I can compliment what you're about to say. And I go down to the uh, the page where it's got the results out of round 10. I get to the last game of round 10, Giants v Saints. I want to see who, who they felt was best on ground. Because I, I watched that game, not in yep. totality, but I saw it. Now, normally you've got the name of the game, and then you've got a – a person beneath the name of the game, as in the journalist, who, who then gives the three, two, ones. I see Giants v Saints, staff reporters votes. Yes. Three votes. Jay Sinclair, <laughs> yep. St Kilda. Two votes. B Daniels, GWS. One vote. T Green, GWS. Yep. Staff writers, staff reporters staff, are doing votes. Staff reporters votes. Now, how would that work, Hatchie? I, I can tell you where I reckon it worked. I know how it worked, but how do you reckon it worked? It was a late game, right, Sunday? No one was assigned to cover the game. I guarantee it didn't have a reporter assigned to cover that game. Yeah. And so at the end of the and game... And maybe AAP didn't didn't cover it either. Because <laughs> at the end of the game, remember when, when we were there, Bruce Matthews, who was a, who was and is a magnificent journalist, but he his match report, he spent... He, oh, it was like he was writing a book. It was like yeah. writing a book every Saturday. But it was all you need to know about the match. And, and look, just back on this, I remember the first time my name was under the votes and it was published. That was one of the great days great of my days, life. Yeah. Like the first day I did votes in a yeah. game of footy, I thought, oh, it doesn't get any better. And when you're young and you see your name in the paper, given the no, votes. No, but given the votes, yeah. yeah. You thought, oh, yeah. And you see people in cafes going, oh, Barrett's given uh, Brett Daniels to. Staff reporters. So I don't think they had anyone covering the game and probably didn't realise till late. What's, uh, where, what, where, how far off those votes on the Giants Saints game? <laughs> oh, wait, you. Uh, you wanted someone to cover that. What do you mean? Have I got someone? Oh, no, old mate was sick. Oh, I'll have to get these out of the stats. Um, I'm not referring to current <laughs> situations I'm in, Hutchie, but the votes that do appear in media attached to a game of footy, the science attached to those votes appearing may not be as as, as exact as it was under the Bruce Matthews days. Oh, no, no, that's fair. And I'm not referring to anyone I work with because now. Because the match report. I'm referring to what I've seen over the journey. The match report at the papers is becoming you know, reasonably extinct, right? Everyone's seen the game or heard the game. Yep. 
So the, the old... Uh, you know, you've got to fill the space in the paper, though, don't you? The old, they still need to fill the space. You know, you go in the rooms and get some fresh quotes and all that sort oh, of stuff. And, sort of start and then you go and knock on the umpire's door and you'd say, any reports? Yeah. And they and then you wouldn't, you would have, they wouldn't have made their report big at the time and then you'd get a you get a fresh angle out of, oh, yeah, we've reported so-and-so for striking in the third quarter. <laughs> umpire and the great times, Smith. The great times are when you used to go to a, a payphone or something and, yes. you, and you'd ring in the, the rats report and you'd say... St Kilda's reaffirmed its status as one of the best teams with a come-from-behind victory over Giants. Full stop. stop. No, no, full stop, new <laughs> Next, par. Full stop, new par. <laughs> yeah. The Giants, comma, now three and five, comma, yep. are languishing at the bottom half of the table. Full stop, new par. <laughs> Open quotes. Open quotes. <laughs> <laughs> we toughed that one out. Close quotes, close Damien quote, Hardwick. Coach, Richmond coach Damien Hardwick said. No, comma, close quotes. Close quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Hardwick said, H-A-R-D-W-I-C-K, <laughs> had to spell it out. Well, they called this, they were called the, uh, the people that take their calls were the... The copy takers. The copy takers, yeah. that's right. Susan McDonald was the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always got, and, and wanted to get it, because there's have, no one better. They'd sit there with their headset on on those old computers, and they would literally write your yep. story into the... And they could type quicker than you could actually relay it. Yep. Hachi, yeah, I, sometimes you'd see the paper the next day, and there'd be something that you thought you said. Oh, well, the famous one. We, we, I think we've discussed this three or four times, and it's not ours. Yeah. And I think even um, Jeff McClure reported on this when he was doing the, yep. the, the column for The Age years and years ago. It was referred to the 1970s, and... Uh, someone in that moment, speaking to a copy taker, referred to, um, I think it was David McMahon or whatever player it was, uh, playing off the, the half-forward flank, and that became published as hardboard plank. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have told that before. Hey, what about this one in the Herald Sun? Hot mic podcast sledge leaves Juno red-faced. Well, I wanted to get to you on this because I saw that article. There's a and, picture of me holding was, a football. There's a picture of you. I thought, and I thought what have oh, you done now? Oh, what's done, well, what, what, done now? No, that's you. It's, it's a picture of Lordo, uh, Caro, I thought, you, oh. and yep. Volcano. I thought, we've got thought, a problem. We've got a problem. I here. thought, <laughs> what have you done now? I, I normally up to speed with your your issues, but I thought, what have you done now? It was about Caro. H- how did you find yourself? Well, sorry, I do know how you found yourself. You've clearly got a better Verity score than Caro. <laughs> and they tried <laughs> to use the photo of you as a reason to click on that story. They're using ensemble cast shots now. Oh, come on. To click on one subject within the ensemble cast. That is, that's opening up four. Come on. That, what that's done is open up four possibilities. So it's one yep. of these four. What, yep. what they're saying is, Picked which person here was hot mic. And two of those four really click. You and Kane. You, you and Kane click like there's no tomorrow. Caro, there's interest, absolutely. And, and Lordo's, yeah. Yeah, Lordo, Lordo's just so perfect in everything he does. He's not click. He's not click like you anyway. <laughs> so I knew it was down to you and Kane, and I I'll click on it was, it was Caro. As soon as I saw it, I thought... There's a 50% chance this is me, at least. <laughs> well, we've had our, hot, our own hot mic moment on this show, remember? We, oh, yeah, we've got a problem here. That's <laughs> the famous audio. <laughs> we, <laughs> on the boat. And our, our, it, was, it was page three there on Sunday, that one. Thank God yeah. we didn't say anything. But but that was during trade radio. And, and the computers at this in this building, and it was this building, wasn't it, I think? Yep. Yeah, not the old one. We somehow were talking for three minutes on trade radio about what you were. You weren't even in the state, were you? You're on a boat, I think. Yep, that's. No, hey, well, tell me about Stan Grant. You've been following this closely. Uh, I wouldn't say closely. I, I did read the article that he penned himself during the course of the week, and it was a tough read. It was a really, really tough read. And for those catching up with it, I'm not across it maybe as as I should be, but I do have a, an awareness of it. And he's basically stood down. Jane, correct me if I get any of this wrong. Um, he's basically stood himself down, or sorry, retired effectively from 
public media work on on the back of um, King's coronation. Well, yeah, I'd say an accumulation of, of events, but um, most recently, and, and and maybe most pertinently, given the timeline on him standing down, is um, the reaction he got to his commentary on yeah the, the coronation, which was about two or three weeks ago. And Stan, just to give it a quick bit of background, had had a a long known background in not liking the monarchs yep. and the system that, that operates um, with, with this country, our country. So when they got him on as a panellist on the night of the, the, the uh, King Charles coronation, um, he just repeated the views that he'd published previously and said many, many times before. But there was a backlash by way of people turning on, tuning out and turning off. And he explained that in this article. But ultimately, it might be best, Hachi, before I keep waffling here, to hear himself speak about it last night. This was his last appearance on Q&A last night. And we in the media must ask if we are truly honouring a world worth living in. Too often, we are the poison in the bloodstream of our society. I fear the media does not have the love or the language to speak to the gentle spirits of our land. I'm not walking away for a while because of racism. We get that far too often. I'm not walking away because of social media hatred. I need a break from the media. I feel like I'm part of the problem. And I need to ask myself how or if we can do it better. So I haven't heard that. Jane, Jane um, Powerful, told us she'd uh, package that up for us today. That, that, that is um, even tougher to listen to than it was to actually read the article because um, you can hear the voice wavering. And, yeah, the referencing there to, to the media being the problem. So, um, so let's, let's, address the, let's address it. So do you think the ABC put him in a impossible position by making him part of that coverage? I do now, upon reading what he published during the week. Again, I wasn't aware of the background to it. I, I assumed as it had been presented to the public through some media. And again, Hutchie, we, we, we get accused of that ourselves. So I'm not, I'm not having a go at the yep. people who presented this story. But I felt he came on and, and went on a rant the way I'd, I'd had it come to me in what I'd read prior to reading his version of events. And when you get the context to, to him saying that he was asked to come on, not, not to host the show and not to produce the show, but to come on and, and talk as part of the coverage. Well, if he has, and clearly has had, he's published, I think, a book about this particular yep. subject matter. He's, he's certainly um, written columns and, and, and expressed it on air, his um, stance on, on this issue. Well, if you're then asked to appear in that show, isn't that what the, the people putting the show together want? So, so he, I would have felt, upon reading what he wrote, that that's exactly what he was entitled to think that the, yeah, the people putting the show together wanted. Look, it's 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 tricky to make the right calls in these situations. Sometimes you can be damned if you do and damned if you don't when you invite alternate views in the room. And so it is not an exact science. My personal view is they made a poor decision to include him in that coverage. Yeah. Because the right forum for Stan, who is um, understandably uncomfortable with the monarchy and what it represents to him was to give him that platform the next morning should he choose on the offsiders or the insiders or the equivalent or the Sunday morning breakfast show and and because that night really love it or hate it was about it was a celebration a celebration of yep. the king's coronation it wasn't for everybody no but it was for many yeah. And I think people choosing to, to watch that. Night. And, I, and I've since spoken to people yeah. who did. I had no interest. So, so, like, I've got zero interest in it myself, actually. But people who wanted to tune in that night 
I think wanted to to immerse themselves in the, in the pageantry of it. It was, it was an, rightly or wrongly, not defending it, no. but if you are watching it, you are there to enjoy it, celebrate it, and and embrace it. Yep. Not to 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 decide whether it should be happening in the first place. There is a place for that though, hundred percent. Yeah. And that is away from that live broadcast. That might. And the next morning would have been. Yeah. Well, joining us now is Stan, who's and then written the, about this and who's you know we want to understand your views, Stan, and giving him the the absolute right platform to do that. Yep. But embedding him in the broadcast put him in an impossible spot, which has ultimately led to us losing a highly talented oh, yeah. member of the media for a period of time. So I, I don't, I think they made a poor call. Mm. And then the, the lack of defence publicly, which compelled Stan himself to, to write the piece and, and be critical of his own organisation, which, again, we talk about courage, that takes courage. And then to be given one last send-off platform, which was the Q&A program as we speak, last yep. night after he penned the article on the ABC platform. So I, I think in that regard, um, the organisation has acknowledged belatedly its errors in, in the whole situation and, and, it, and it gave him the platform to publish and then gave him the platform to say what he said last night. But to, to your point, we, we've, we've lost Stan Grant out of, out of media. Hearing every alternate view of situations is fundamentally important. And the ABC have an exceptionally bigger role to play in that than most, and they would be, they would be debating and discussing these things by day. Um, they are well funded to do so. They got the best part of a billion dollars of government funding, which means they can invest in as many and as varied alternate views as they can, and they should. But the shot selection of that is really important. When to when to give platform to whom at what time? Yep. And Stan and many others, to be fair were entitled to that view before and after, but not during, I think. Not during. Yeah, that's, that's, well, not, that's fair enough. Well, no, sorry. well, not off the top of the presentation. Sorry, he was entitled to a view. If he had come to them and said, I really want to be part of the coverage, here's why, and here's the role I want to play, and here's how I think we do it, well, then, you, of course, you take that on board and yeah. listen. But I, I but think he was have, right they, to... They shouldn't have put him in that spot. Well, yeah, he, he was right to assume that, that by being asked to come on, when he's asked a question about the big picture of the monarchy in his country... You know where I'm going to come from. I've, I, you, you know my views already. Well, yeah, so. I just felt like a poor, I don't know, yep. poor decision. Uh, NFL has decided to allow an outside broadcaster, and the specific one here is a, an organisation called Peacock. It's not. I'm not familiar with that. I've, I've heard it's of NBC it. NBC owned. NBC yeah. owned. Okay. To to broadcast exclusively for streaming purposes a playoff game. Yep. It's an interesting development in a, in a, in a sport. Well. We don't see that in Australia, do we? We've got lockdown contracts that, that are, as we know, Hutchie, are now nine years in duration. This year and next year are part of the old deal. Yep. And then from 2025 onwards for seven years beyond that, there won't be any change to that to that deal. Well, I, I think it's um, – I, I probably have a different view. I think audience the, – the view of TV being a different forum anymore is outdated. The TV is in decline as, a, as an industry – in size, and digital and streaming is is has taken over. So it's not. You can argue that TV is almost a support act these days in content, not streaming. Yeah, I I I don't disagree with that. But what I'm saying is, I don't expect us to see that happen in Australia. Don't you? We're very conservative when it comes to the broadcast. Yeah, it's on, cha- on all sports. Changes quick, though, doesn't it? Oh, I don't think we. I, I don't. I don't think Australia's looked on as a as a trailblazer in streaming. In fact, we we only got high definition TV last year, didn't we? In Australia, let alone 4K and Ultra. The scale in digital audiences, and we, we talk about a lot. Our platforms are kind of built on it, as are yours at at, uh, at Triple M. Like it's just Triple M is a digital first business now. Yeah. So like it's the scale is all all in digital. I'm talking about the NFL though. Actually. The They're support, the biggest sporting organisation yeah. in the world. 
Um, so they've got two priorities. One is to maximise their rights. So cutting them different ways is important. And so giving Peacock a patch of land in the, in the playoffs helps do that. Yeah. Two, it's a, it's NBC product. So it's a big it's a big uh, business. And three, it's it's connecting to new audiences because new because younger people live in the digital world. Hmm. Most twenty somethings would not have even know where the television button is to turn on, Damo. No, I know, yeah. I, I know. But, but what I'm saying is, at the AFL right now, we're locked into deals which are ultimately yep. which ultimately look the same as they've looked for twenty years. Right, uh, right now they do, but there'll be quid pro quos along the way and swap outs and. Will there? Yep. I, I don't. I don't know. This deal won't look the same at the end of the twenty thirty one. There'll be. There'll be there'll be tweaks along the way. Well, there's going to need to be if they want to keep pace with the changes. Yep, no doubt. Uh, we talked about coachings before. In fact, for way too long uh, by way of our plans, anyway. But um, NBA two two coaches reached deep into playoffs. Doc Rivers, the famous Doc Rivers, being one of them, and they're basically sacked Hutchie, NBA style within 24 hours of the losing of a of a playoff series yep. game. It's we talk about brutality in coaching and the way they're treated in, in the AFL system. That's a different level over there. And the smaller Gone. the, we talked about this a lot. The smaller num- the smaller the number of players, the more play- player power there is. And well, the, no, I, th- I think this was biz- it was um, business driven. They just make tough calls. This is how it is. This is what we do. Twenty four hours. Yep. Twenty four hours after the gone. Yep. Well, it happens at the NFL, doesn't it? Six or seven coaches every Monday. Yeah, every Monday. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We better head to question of the week. Oh, we're still going. <laughs> On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Chris G. It's not Chrissy G, is it? It's Chris G. What advice do you have for two 40-something-year-old nobodies wishing to start their own podcast? How important is it having a profile? Is it possible to start from nothing? I'll leave that to you, Hutchie, because uh, you've got to commercialise something if you want to do it, I think, as a rule. You can do it for fun, but if you want to commercialise it, over to you, Hutchie. Well, it d- depends on your objectives. Not everyone's a commercial beast, am I, like you? Some of us just want to make a contribution. Please. <laughs> you don't get out of... You, know, you, you don't even turn the tap on unless you can, you can make money out of doing it. The Well, my advice would be just to start, for starters, because practice on the run. Don't wait till it's perfect. Just get going and... and and learn as you go. So don't wait, one. Two, you can start from nothing. You don't have to have a profile. I've talked a lot about some of the people that I follow on TikTok who've built scale who from a, a no profile starting point. Be interesting, relevant, and distribute content as many and varied ways as you can. Hunt audience differently. Uh, f- make sure you film the content because your best chance to get known is to share it via TikTok and via Instagram and via others. Um, I think there's some people filming their podcast in a beautifully presentable manner at the moment, by the way, around the place. The next generation of podcasters coming through are far more visually savvy. And and apart from maybe two or three people, though, in the entire country, no one's yeah. making money out of them. And, and try and be f- uh, famous for something. So if pick your topic. doesn't matter how narrow the topic is. Just be really good at it and be famous for it. There you go, Chris G. I've got no idea what subject it is you want to uh, talk about in your profile with yourself and another 40 40- Something your old nobody, as you described yourself as, but there, uh, there's your blueprint for uh, at least starting the process. That was the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow, and to send a question to the boys, email the Sounding Board at sen.com.au. Follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP, and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.